are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. This is the day you've been waiting for, or at least I've been waiting for, for the last couple months as I've been talking college basketball. The bracket is now set. Your 68 teams entering the NCAA tournament are set to go. The lines are out. The start times are out. There's an interesting mix of games on what day they're being played. I'm going to go over all of that. We're going to have some statistics, some info, my picks, a lot of stuff to go over in the first day after the brackets come out, and we will get to that momentarily. So where do I begin with the tournament? I can't say that I have any problems with the 68 teams that made it in. Yes, if you're a Rutgers alumni, you maybe have a gripe considering they had a net rating of 40 in Arizona State, which gets in a play-in game, has a net rating of 66. Okay, but every year we're going to fight over teams that are, you know, maybe one or two wins in the tournament and that's it. So I, I can't really sit here and say like, oh my God, what an absolute disgrace that Rutgers didn't make the tournament. I just, I don't know. I don't think that's that big of a deal. But I thought they did very well. I thought the seedings came out right. There, uh, There's a couple things here and there, but nothing egregious to me at least. So here's the thing. When, you know, I'm going to give you information about some of the games, some of the seedings, some of the regions and stuff like that. And all I'm going to do is lay it out there. Obviously, I'm going to have some picks that I like. But there's two different ways to look at this because if you're filling out a bracket, that's no point spread. Me, all I do is care about the point spread involved. So you have to distinguish when I'm talking about just winning the game outright because that's all you need to do in your brackets because no bracket, no office bracket pool has point spreads attached to any of these games. It's just pick the winner and move on. And there's, and in, and obviously with myself in Las Vegas, I'm dealing with point spreads all the time. So my picks are going to be different. Just know which ones I'm picking with the points, which ones I'm picking straight up. Here's the thing, though. When you get to the NCAA tournament, we know this every single year. There's going to be upsets. There's going to be lower-seeded teams or higher-seeded teams that beat lower-seeded teams. It's going to happen. So that's why picking upsets in a regular pool, you have to do it. But you can't pick too many because they're not all going to win outright. A lot of them will end up covering the spread, but in your office pool, you're looking at just picking them outright. But here's the thing, and I, and I this may sound simple to people who gamble, but for people who don't gamble, this is even out to the gamblers. When you pick a game, any game, whether it's football or basketball, there are three outcomes that can happen. The favorite can win and cover. The favorite can win and not cover, which means the underdog lost but covered the spread, or the underdog wins outright, so you didn't even need the points. So going by that model, if you're gambling on these games, it's always smarter to lean toward an underdog because you have two chances of winning each game. The underdog can win outright or your bet can lose the game outright but keep it close enough to where you cover the spread. I know that sounds simple, 
but it's why Vegas has giant buildings with all these lights. Because for the most part, the average fan loses. Because most people, when they aren't gamblers and they look at games, just pick who they think is the better team. Involving point spreads. Oh, they can beat that team by five points. Basketball is just such a crapshoot when it comes to that. But just know, any game, football, same way. Underdogs cover just as much as favorites do. And the biggest bet is money lines, where you're picking the underdog to win outright and you're getting plus money, where they might be underdogs and you might get them plus the points, but you can also bet them to win the game outright and you're going to get more money back if they do win. So we'll get into all that. Um, there are some interesting numbers here that when I look at the bracket overall, UCLA didn't get a one seed, and I understand now why I was saying they should have gotten the one seed and Purdue should have gotten the two. But honestly, as long as UCLA stayed in the West, it really doesn't matter because if they get to the Sweet 16, if they get to the regionals, UCLA is playing the regionals at T-Mobile Arena where they were just at this past weekend for the Pac-12 tournament. And now, you know, the number one seed in their region is Kansas. So they would play Kansas at T-Mobile if they got to the Elite Eight. But they are going to have an advantage playing on the in, in the West. You know, the fact that UCLA, Gonzaga, TCU, and St. Mary's all in the Western region, you have a possible Gonzaga-UCLA Sweet 16 matchup at T-Mobile Arena, which West Coasters got to love that. I mean, I, gosh, I wish I could be there for that one. But I think UCLA did well. I have no problem with them being on the two line because they lost the best defensive player. And I think that him being out for the year is a definite blow to them and a Dembona hurting his shoulder. It looks like he's going to be ready to go for the tournament, but Jalen Clark being out for the rest of the year really, really hurts them. So let me just say this in terms of overall I filled out four brackets, and these are the ones where you just pick the winners. I have four teams that I think could win the whole thing. I have Alabama, Texas, UCLA, and Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Those are my four. Now, does it mean one of them is going to win? No. But I'm just looking at the other number one seeds. Purdue is not going to win the national championship. This is a team that hasn't even been to the Final Four in 60 years. They are not good enough to win the national championship, not with two freshman guards in the backcourt. And if you watched any of their games this weekend, this team completely crumbles when they play an athletic team that presses and applies defensive pressure. They just cannot keep up. And they almost blew it three times this weekend where they had a lead and it got cut into because their backcourt can't handle the ball when pressure arrives. They're not winning the national championship in my eyes. Houston is a big question mark. I would have said absolutely they are a Final Four lock, but they might be without the player of the year in their conference in Marcus Sasser. If Marcus Sasser doesn't play, Houston's not winning the national championship. I'm sorry, you can't lose the best player in the conference and the best player on your team and expect to roll through the tournament. It's not going to happen. They can still win three or four games, but I don't think they're going to win the whole thing. So I have a giant question mark next to Houston right now in regards to how how hurt is Marcus Sasser. It looked like somebody shot him in the leg the other day when he went down. 
groin injury, I don't think those heal very quickly. So you got to keep an eye on them. But I, I couldn't pick Houston to win any of my brackets and win the national championship not knowing the status of Marcus Sasser. Kansas, I told you last week, and you heard it yesterday again on the selection show, there's only been two repeat national championship winners in the last 50 years. Duke did it in the early 90s, and Florida did it in 06 and 07, and that was it. So you're just betting against the number there that you just don't think. I mean, it just doesn't happen. So whether you love Kansas or not, and you're just like, well, who can beat them? I'm looking at all these games. Just know you have to win six games. They can easily be beat one time in six games. So that's why I don't have them winning. I like UCLA. I like Texas. They're two seeds in Houston and Kansas's region. Um, uh, in the – in the East, I mean, you the East, I think, is the one that's going to have somebody come out of nowhere. I mean, you could easily have a five-seed Duke or a two-seed Marquette coming out of that conference. I could even – or out of that region. I have Purdue going out of the first weekend. I'm sorry. I'm just not sold on Purdue. I'm not. I have Memphis beating them in round two. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, this, this is just my opinions. And then the South, I don't like Arizona at all. They have not been a good tournament team. Over the years, I don't even have them going to the Elite Eight. I do have Alabama coming out of that bracket in most of my four brackets, but I can see Creighton making a run. I have a I have a Creighton Alabama Elite Eight game. I think in most of my in most of my pools, but I really like Creighton. I don't like Baylor. I don't like Arizona, and we will get to my upset picks momentarily. So here are some overall statistics when looking at your brackets and figuring out who to pick. So this is just for the non-gamblers. This is just for people picking winners in their brackets. First off, the, a number one seed has won the title for the last five years. So sticking with that, it would tell you that either Houston, Kansas, Alabama, or Purdue is going to win the national championship. Five years in a row, a number one seed has won it. The two seed, Arizona, Marquette, UCLA, Texas, has never even reached the title game since 2016. So that doesn't bode well for my picks because <laughs> I have Texas and UCLA winning it all, and this is the statistics tell me they can't even get to the title game in the last six years. Okay, we'll see. A five seed has never won the tournament, and I didn't think anyone was going to win it from the five seed this year either. Miami, St. Mary's, Duke, and San Diego State. Duke, I think, is going the farthest out of those four. Just my opinion. Here's something interesting. West Coast basketball kind of sucks when it comes to the NCAA tournament. Do you know the last team to win the national championship in college basketball that was in the mountain time zone or the Pacific time zone? 1997. That's right. 26 years ago was the last time we had a team west of basically Texas win the national championship in college basketball, and that was Arizona in 1997. So that doesn't bode well for my UCLA and Gonzaga picks. Boy, I suck at this. I really do. I'm, I'm literally reading you the stats, and then I'm realizing, oh, shit, did I even pay attention to these when I filled out my bracket? Apparently I didn't. Here's something to keep in mind when filling out your brackets. Always have a double-digit seed at least making the Sweet 16, at least one. A double-digit seed has reached the Sweet 16 every year since 2008, at least one of them. So find some double-digit seed, 10 or higher, and put them in the Sweet 16 because it's going to happen. 
A 10 beating a 7 has happened in 24 of the last 25 tournaments. So, again, look at your 10-7 games. Penn State, Texas A&M, Boise State, Northwestern, SC, Michigan State, Utah State, Missouri. One of those 10 is probably going to win, if not multiple ones. But there's been at least one that has one ten, at least one 10 seed has beaten a 7 seed 24 of the last five tournaments. Obviously, people love the 12 over 5 seed. That has happened 33 times in the last 20 tournaments. So 12 seeds are 33 and 47 in the last 80 tournament games in round one. That's not bad for a 12 beating a 5. You wouldn't think it's happened 33 times, and it has. That's like 38%. So it's not this given. The last time all five, all four or five seeds won in round one was five years ago. So more than likely, a 12 is going to beat a five. The four seeds have only swept the 13 seeds, going 4-0 against the 13 seeds twice in the last five years. So there's a good chance a 13 will upset a four seed. Since 2010... Your biggest upset has come from the 11-6 matchup. Since 2010, the last 12 years, the 11 seed is 26 and 22. The 11 seed has actually beaten the 6 more than the 6 has beaten the 11. 26 and 22 since 2010. Remember, there was no uh, tournament in 2020 because of COVID. So those are some matchups where you, you know you're looking at upsets. I covered... The 6-11 games, I covered the 3-14 games, I covered the 5-12 games, and I covered the 10-7 games. Everything else, you know, 9 beating an 8 is very common as well, but that's not really too much of an upset. There's going to be plenty of people. But where you can make some hay in your bracket pool is trying to pick those winners. Now, I'm telling you, there's going to be a 12-5 upset. There's probably going to be an 11-6 upset, probably even a 13-4 upset. It's just a matter of picking which one, and it's not easy to do that. If we all knew who was going to win, we'd all be rich. So, but just keep those numbers in mind. It is not far-fetched. And in the 11-6 case, the 11 beats the 6 more often than not. And those four games is the Mississippi State Pitt winner playing Iowa State, the Arizona State-Nevada winner playing TCU, Providence and Kentucky, and NC State and Creighton. Now, in terms of the scheduling, we know 16 games on Thursday, 16 games on Friday. All the 314 matchups are on Friday. Same with all the 611 matchups are on Friday. What does that mean? Mm. It means a lot of the mismatches, so to speak, three of the four 116 matchups and three of the four 215 matchups are on Thursday. So six of your 16 games are probably going to be won by the favorite on Thursday. So if you don't see a lot of upsets Thursday, you might be like, oh, you know, favorites are really doing well in this tournament. And your and your bracket might look great after Thursday because you pretty much, assuming, you know, a one doesn't beat a 16 and a 15 has beat a two, I think, eight or ten times. It has happened. But assuming all your ones and twos win on Thursday, you're going to have six wins already. You're going to be six and zero oh in your bracket. It's just a matter of what you do with the other 10 games. Now, the 4-13 games and the 5-12 games are split up 2-2. Two two. There's two 
four 13 games on Thursday and two on Friday. Same with the 5-12 matchup. But to see that the ones and the two seeds, mostly six of the eight one and two seed games are all are on Thursday, only Purdue plays on Friday as the one seed and only Marquette as a two seed plays on Friday. So like I said, there might not be a ton of upsets in regards to Thursday's matchups. You might have a great bracket. You probably win, you know, at the end of the day, maybe you're 14 and 2, 13 and 3 and looking good, but just know Friday's coming and that's when a lot of the like I said, they're going to have two 5-12 matchups. You're going to have all the 6-11 matchups and we know how the 11 seed is done against the 6. And on Friday you're going to have all the 3-14 matchups where you probably have one upset in that. But and looking at the four, that was the three fourteen. Yeah, all the three fourteens are on Friday. As for the four thirteen matchups, let's see one, two. That's split up into two and two as well. Two of them are on Thursday. Two of them are on Friday. So there is a lot to digest there, and you might have to rewind if you want to take notes on this. But it's it's all there. I just wanted to give you as much as I could on this tournament in terms of the numbers. I'm probably going to find out more numbers as we go along in the next couple days. But um, those are your seated numbers for people who fill out brackets. Now, for the gambling aspect of this. Here's, I don't, I don't want to say I have a dilemma, but you heard me talk last week all about the Paladins of Furman. And when I saw literally the second game posted on selection show yesterday, <laughs> you know, out of the, uh, what bracket was, Oh no, sorry. It was the fourth game that was posted, but out of the South region, when I saw four seed Virginia posted against 13 seed Furman, I almost wet myself. And it just reminded me of two years ago when I had my greatest March Madness ever in Vegas and it was betting against Virginia in round one I had a parlay of Virginia I had a parlay of Ohio University beating Virginia some of you might remember that going to Oregon State in their first round I can't I can't remember who they played but it was a money line parlay I had them both plus the point I mean it was just an absolute killing now the two under, if you're going to ask me right now, and things can change over the next couple of days, but if you're going to ask me right now, who are the two underdogs that I really like, the higher seeded teams, points or no points, I'm going to tell you, Furman, I love the Dens over Virginia. I mean, we're talking about two contrasting styles. You've got a Furman team that is the number, I believe, 11 scoring team in the nation versus Virginia, who's a top 10 defensive team in the nation. I mean, it is the irresistible force meeting the immovable object. Furman can score. Virginia can't. Virginia can defend. Furman is very average. So I'm just going to go with the points on this. I'm going to go with the team that can actually score because you've got to put the ball in the bucket come tournament time. And we know Virginia has always had problems. They're the only team in the history of the NCAA tournament to lose as a number one seed. They got blown out by UMBC, Maryland at Baltimore County. We all remember that game. <laughs> Unbelievably enough, the next year they came back and won the national championship. But 
Virginia has a tournament history of going out early and losing two double-digit seeds. This isn't a crazy pick. Right now, the line is five. Virginia's a four seed playing a 13 seed, and Vegas has only installed them as a five-point favorite. That should pretty much tell you what you need to know. And that should pretty much tell you, even if you're not gambling on the games and you want to fill out a bracket, go look at the lines on some of these games, and you'll see, even in a 4-13 matchup or whatever, you're going to see lines that are very short. Just like, wow, they're a four seed against a 13 seed and they're only minus five or minus five and a half. Or that just goes to show you how Vegas knows these higher seeded teams are good. Doesn't mean they're going to win outright, but you can at least see, okay, they Vegas expects this to be a close game. So here's my, like I said, somewhat of a dilemma. My team that I'm absolutely betting to win the game outright and pl- I'll take the five points, obviously, is Furman to beat Virginia. That is the second game. The schedule is out. Who's playing when? That is the second game on Thursday. It starts off with West Virginia against Maryland, and then the second game at uh, 1230 Eastern time is Furman against Virginia. The other underdog that I like the best in this tournament is Kent State over Indiana. That is the second-to-last game on Friday, and now I'm wondering what do I want to do. Because it's almost like I'm not going to have my full complement of games graded until that game happens. But Kent State, Indiana is the second to last game on Friday night. It's at 9.45 p.m. Eastern time. So I'll figure out what I want to do. But if you're asking me who are my two picks right now, I'll take them plus the points, obviously. I'll I'll take Furman plus the five. I believe Kent State is plus four and a half against Indiana. Love, love the Golden Flashes and love the Dens. I mean, these are the two mid-majors that I was hoping would get a good draw, and to me, they did. Indiana got absolutely lambasted in the tournament last year by St. Mary's. They lost by 30. By St. Mary's. Not saying Furman, I'm not saying Kent State is equal to uh, St. Mary's, and Indiana might have a chip on their shoulder from last year, but... I just I like Kent State. I've seen them play enough times this year, and one of the best names in the NCAA tournament, Sincere Carey. That's his name, Sincere Carey. MVP of the MVP of the MAC, best player on the team, could be an NBA draft pick. If not, I can see him playing in the league as a backup. Really like his game. I, I like the Golden Flashes. So those are my two upset picks. I'm definitely going to have them in my brackets. Now, if you're looking at other games where I like an underdog in the first couple rounds, I mean, just looking at it, it's like there's so many that jump out at me with the points. I I really like Drake. Now, the Miami-Drake game, I think, is more of an over. Those teams average, if you take their points per game average, both of them, if you add them up, they average about 155 points. Miami averages 80 points a game. Drake averages 75. The total on the game is 147 and a half. I think I'm probably leaning towards the over in Miami and Drake. Kent State, Indiana, like you said, like I said, I, I, I love that one. I know people like VCU over St. Mary's. I don't, I have no feeling on that game. Probably not going to touch that one. Iona plus nine against UConn is a game that I absolutely love as well. I definitely will be betting Iona. 
looking at some of the other ones in the in those you know seven you know the the ten to fourteen seed range. You know what's the one team I've talked about for for weeks, and that's been Tennessee. Just like this team sucks. They've lost as a double. They've lost to a lower seeded team the last four years in the tournament. Three of those were double digit seeds. They're sitting there on the four line playing a 13-seeded Louisiana Lafayette Ragin' Cajuns. Here's the thing about that one. I don't know enough about the Ragin' Cajuns just yet. However, this is the biggest money move right now in Vegas. This line opened up at 14. Tennessee was a 14-point favorite over Louisiana Lafayette. It's already down to 9.5. So everybody is well aware of Tennessee's struggles in the NCAA tournament, and they're already jumping on Louisiana Lafayette. So the value is gone. Can Louisiana Lafayette beat them outright? Of course they can, because I think Tennessee sucks. And while I probably won't pick Louisiana Lafayette in my bracket pool, I'll take them plus the points. And in the next round, I don't, Tennessee's not getting out of the first weekend for me, because if they win, they play the Duke-Oral Roberts winner. Even if Oral Roberts upsets Duke, I think Oral Roberts can beat Tennessee. And don't think that Oral Roberts can't beat Duke. You're like, wow, Steve, a 5-12 matchup. Yeah, Duke is favored by six. And that line opened at seven and a half. So the money's coming in on Oral Roberts in that one. And don't forget, Max Asmus, point guard for Oral Roberts, took them to the Sweet 16 in 2019. He's still on the team. He's still on, or is it 2019 or 2021? Whatever the case may be, he's still on the team. They're a team to watch out for. I know a lot of people are picking upsets in the South region. Charleston over San Diego State. Obviously, I like Furman over Virginia. I like Charleston, but San Diego State is a good defensive team, and I think Charleston's going to be a very popular public pick by a lot of people, and I'm not sure I want to jump on that one. I think Furman is going to be a popular pick as well, but I know Charleston is going to be, and I... I don't know if I see that one. I'm probably going to stay away. And then the other one I think a lot of people are looking at is UC Santa Barbara over Baylor. I don't have much of a feel on that one either. So right now, for my first round games, I like the Miami Drake over 147.5. I like Kent State plus the 4.5 against Indiana. I like Furman plus the 5 against Virginia. And just by sheer numbers and the fact that Tennessee sucks, I have to take Louisiana Lafayette over Tennessee. I have to take them plus whatever the line is going to be, nine, nine and a half. Maybe it'll be ten. I don't know. Any favorites that I like in round one, sheesh. (laughs) That's the thing. As I told you, it's so much easier to take an underdog because you have two chances of winning. They can win outright. Or they can lose, but you still win your bet. So I don't like betting favorites in this in this tournament, especially on that first day, Thursday and Friday, those 32 games, because you know there's going to be upsets. So you might as well, if we're talking about point spreads here, you got to take some teams getting points. I mean, look, I might go, oh, you know, last year I gave out two picks. I went 0-2. But five years before, five years in a row before that, I went 5-0. and so last year, I remember, I, I'll have to go look at it, but I'll mention it in my column tomorrow. I know one of them was Virginia Tech over Texas. 
and they lost. But, yeah, there's some other ones in here that I'm just like, wow. I'm trying to think of any favorites that I like in round one. I really do think I like Creighton. I'm scared that that line is only five against NC State because NC State has literally one quad one win all year. Why is Creighton, a team that can score with anybody in the nation, only laying five points against NC State? I guess it could be that whole 6-11 thing. You know, we know 11s are going to beat sixes. I do another underdog that I like. I like Pitt to win the play-in game against Mississippi State, and then I like them to beat Iowa State. Iowa State lost their best three-point shooter. He quit the team or they kicked him off the team. I don't like them. TCU, probably a favorite that I do like in that 6-11 game. The winner of the Arizona State-Nevada game plays TCU. I like TCU. You know they're one of my favorite teams. But I hate the fact that they're in the West. Remember I told you they were a sleeper Final Four team for me, but with Gonzaga, UCLA, St. Mary's, UConn, and Kansas, that's a I, I don't see TCU you know, getting to the Final Four. They would have to beat, yeah, assuming seeding plays to form, they would have to beat Gonzaga, UCLA, and then St. Mary and then Kansas. I sucks they got stuck in that region. I wish they would have put them in the East because I could have picked them going all the way to the Final Four. I think the East is going to be a just an absolute dumpster fire of a bracket where a bunch of upsets happen. Even though the only ones I'm looking at right now, man, I'm telling you, I'm so tempted by Oral Roberts against Duke because Duke, while they're playing their best ball right now. That always scares me because sometimes it works the wrong way. They just play three games in three days. Everyone's riding their jockstrap telling Duke you could be a Final Four team this year. And I, I think it's like it's like one extreme or the other when it comes to Duke. I think if Duke gets out of the first round, they could go to the Final Four. But like, like it's, it's like if they get out of the first round, pencil them in for Final Four but I could see them getting beat in the first round. Oral Roberts is that good. Oral Roberts has the longest winning streak in the nation right now, 17 or 18 games. They are the hottest team in the nation. Now, granted, do they play the quality of teams like Duke? Not even close. But they are a good team, and I'm really curious to see. That that game is going to be that's – a, that's a Thursday game where I might have to throw um, – some money on that. What time is the Duke Oral Roberts game? That's in the third set of games. Because there's, you know, the games are set in, in packages of four. Four games, and then the next four games, and the next four, and then the next four. They're in the third set of four games. So after your afternoon games. The four are um, Auburn, Iowa, Oral Roberts, Duke, Colgate, Texas, and Boise State Northwestern. So, again, I like to watch. I like to see how underdogs are doing. I like, to, I like to keep track of this stuff. Like if I'm looking at it and there's been three 7-10 games and all the sevens have won, well, kind of almost tells you that you got to pick the 10 seed in that fourth game, you know, because a 10 seed has won 24 the last 25 years. So this is all stuff that I look at. I don't expect a lot of you to do it, but if you're filling out your bracket, I gave you a lot of the breakdowns of how seeds have done. You know the 11-6 game is the 11s beating the 6 more than the 6 beating the 11 the last uh, 12 years. So keep that in mind. 12-5 upsets happen all the time. Tennessee stinks. And four seeds have only swept the 13 seed twice in the last five years. So a 13 has won at least one game in three of the last five years. So keep that in mind as well. 
We're going to spend so much more time talking about college basketball in this tournament in the next two days. And, um, yeah, I'll try and get as much information uh, for you as I can. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. Much appreciated. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you!